Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. Aren't you glad for the truth? For it is a good thing that the heart is established with grace and not with meats, which have not profited them that have occupied therein. And verse 10, we have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. And today, for a few minutes, I want to preach on this subject. We have an altar. Aren't you glad for the altar? Praise God. Amen. One more time, let's clap our hands as unto the Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for this day in your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the preaching of your word. Let it build faith in your people. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a lack of altars in America. If you've been in some old churches, you might even see some railings, some things that resemble the place where you could come and kneel or lay your arms on something and, and pray, because that's what we did after every service. I'm so glad to be in a church where we have an altar. I'm so glad to be in a church where we don't get to the end of the service and say, well, thanks for coming, folks. Hope you enjoyed our concert. Hope you enjoyed our entertaining preacher, Vio Condias. No, we don't do that. In this church, we have altar calls. We call you to the altar. We encourage you to come to the altar. The altar is our chance to respond to the word of God, to give answer to what God is bringing to our lives in the form of conviction sometimes, and even in the form of appreciation. And so today I want to spend a few minutes talking about a few altars. Noah, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. One year, here's my question to you. One year and 10 days on a stinky ark. What would be the first thing? Now be honest, don't be spiritual for a minute. What would be the first thing you would do when you got off of that ark? Kiss the ground, anything else? Take a bath. I, the first thing I thought of was build a, something to live in. I don't want to be in the sun and the rain and the snow and the wind and the cold and the heat. I want to have some form of shelter, something that would protect me. Not this guy, no. Noah, look what Noah did in Genesis 8 and 20. Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. That's the first thing he did. I'm gonna build an altar. Why would you do that? I have so much appreciation for the Lord saving the eight of us 
and keeping us while we've been on this ark. Nothing is more important than our salvation. Nothing. And if all you ever have sometimes is the fact that you know that at the end of this race, you're going to heaven, you're gonna be saved from judgments, you're gonna be saved from tribulation, if that's all you have, that's enough to keep you at the altar. That's enough to keep you at the altar. Take a look at Abraham, Genesis chapter 22. Abraham is about to sacrifice the only son he has, the son he loves, and they're going up this hill, and Isaac said in verse seven of Genesis 22, Abraham, his father, and he said, my father, and he said, here am I, my son, and he said, Behold, I see the fire and I see the wood, but where is the lamb? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham, listen to the prophetic words of Abraham. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And that's what God did. He provided himself as a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And that was enough for Isaac. So they went both of them up together. They came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in order and then he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar of wood. I'm gonna tell you, I'm pretty impressed with Isaac. First of all, the way he questions his father. I mean, they've, they've done these building altars and sacrifices before, but he's so respectful. He says, my father, I see the fire, I see the wood, but I don't see the lamb. He's not saying, you're slipping, dad. How could you forget the most important thing? He just said, I don't see it. Isn't that respectful? And then when he builds the altar, he says, now Isaac, climb up on this altar, son. I'm gonna have to tie you down and, and raises his knife to slay the thing that he loves most. Come on now. To slay the thing that he loves most on that altar, he's gonna kill him, and then he's gonna burn him. Do you know that at the altar, God may ask of you the thing that you love most? Bring it to the altar and give it to me. I remember as a young man, only 22 years old, I had to bring my God to the altar. My God was sports, loved sports. What was your favorite sport, Brother Kylie? Depending on what season it was. I just go from one season to another season to another. I, I read about them, I watched them, I played them. It was everything to me. And when I first came to a Pentecostal church and they said, hey, you know, we have church three times a week. I said, well, that, my first thought was, that's gonna mess with my God here. 
how am I going to play ball three nights a week and arrange my schedule around that in church? And God said, you don't have to. Just leave it at the altar. And I put it down. And I went to every one of those teams and I said, fellas, I'm not playing anymore. Why not? Your religion won't let you play? No, no, it's not my religion. It's my relationship. I found something better than baseball. I'm not giving anything up. I'm getting something better than what I have. Who wouldn't trade for things better than what they have? Come on now. There needs to be some sacrifices made at the altar. Let me tell you, some of you might have had breakfast today. Some of you might have had eggs and ham and all that stuff. Let me tell you the difference between an offering and a sacrifice. Now the chicken, an egg, that's an offering. But the pig, now the pig made a sacrifice. You ate the pig. You hearing what I'm saying? And the Bible says, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There are some sacrifices to be made. Can I get an amen? amen. And there are gonna be times where God is gonna speak to you and nobody else. It's just you on this particular Sunday morning. And he says to you, bring Isaac. Bring the thing that you love most. Bring it to the altar and put it there and leave it there and give it to me. You see, it's not the same for everybody else. Maybe you can play ball once or twice a week. I don't know. But for me, it was a test. And that test was answered at the altar. And speaking of Isaac, let me give you a comparison between Isaac and Jesus. Since Isaac asked the question, where is the lamb? Let John the Baptist answer that question in the word of God from John 1 and 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and he said, behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He's come to be the perfect sacrifice. And what was Isaac placed on? He was placed on the wood. And what was Jesus nailed to? He was nailed to the cross, which was made out of wood. Now, Isaac could have rose up against Abraham and said, look, buddy, I'm not into this. This isn't going to work for me. But he trusted his dad. And his dad trusted God. Come on now. And his dad trusted God. And Jesus, when he prayed in that garden, he stated his will, if it could be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And because of his sacrifice, we have an altar. We have our own place where we can bring our own bodies and our own possessions and our own will and our own way. And we can put it on an altar. Put it on the altar. 
Jacob, let me give you Jacob. Jacob is found in Genesis 28 and 16. He has been told that he can no longer be safe in his home. His mother sent him away to Laban. It's his first night away from home and his family. He knows nobody. He has nobody. And that night he slept and had a vision of angels ascending and descending on a ladder. Messengers and ministers from God to Jacob. And then in verse 16, it says that Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. You may have come here today thinking you were just gonna come to a church service and we were gonna put on the dog, so to speak. But if you felt the presence of God today, you will, un, you will have a hard time denying that surely the presence of the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. God is here. God is here. He was afraid and he said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And you know what the house of God is? Mark this down in your Bibles. This is what the house of God is. It is the gate of heaven. Wow, what a revelation. The house of God is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning. He took the stone that he had put for his pillows. He set it up for a pillow and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, which means house of God. But the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob, at this altar, this altar he just built and consecrated, vowed a vow, saying, if God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I can come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Three things he asked of God. Just feed me, clothe me, and let me go home. No demands of wealth or position or even health. Just the very basic things of life. That's all he asked for. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. You know what? I, I'm really glad that they bring these offering baskets up to the front of the church during our worship service. I wish I'd have thought of that. What a great idea. Here we are worshiping God and giving is a part of worship. It's a part of worship. And so we include in our worship our giving. Wow. So simple, so profound, but so important, folks. Because whatever you give to God, God blesses. And whatever you withhold, he does not.
Can I get an amen to that? You want, okay, I, I, maybe some of you didn't get that. You want to eat? Bring me that boy's lunch. Well, why, would, why would we bother with one boy's lunch for these thousands of people? Because if you give it to me, I'll bless it. He needed something and someone to bless. And our giving, whether it's financial giving, whether it's the giving of our heart, our mind, our soul, our life, our lifestyle, our possessions, our health, whatever it is that you give to him, he will bless. But whatever you withhold, he will not. You see, this altar is a... Is, is a very special place. I can't emphasize it enough. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place where people come and take vows. How many people have stood right here, right on this very spot, at the altar, making vows to one another? And it's not very common in our day, I just gotta tell you. I've had people in the last few years that have come to me and said, well, Pastor Kylie, we know you're gonna do the vow thing. And uh, one person said to me, um, I don't wanna take his last name. I wanna keep the name that my parents gave me. And uh, I'd like you to honor that request. And I said, I will not. If you don't want to take this man's name, then you're talking to the wrong preacher. I'm going to tell you what, I want the name of Jesus. I'm the bride, I want the name of the groom. I don't, I don't want to be Rick Kylie only. I want to be Rick Kylie Jesus. I gladly take the name. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the... In the name. Oh, and then I had another woman. She said, well, you know, Brother Kylie, I know you, I've heard you do those vows. And there's this part in there about obey. This woman said, I don't want the word obey. I said, I'm sorry. You're talking to the wrong preacher. Hey, we got to take a stand somewhere, folks. Quit backing away and compromising and and changing things that really are important because you know what? You start, you start out that way in a marriage, I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna end. I don't have any respect for this man, I wanna keep my own identity, I'm not gonna be submissive to my husband, you're just looking for disaster. You might as well deal with that right now. Either he's the head of the house or he's not. And maybe you need to find somebody else. intercession, memorials, all those things that happen at an altar. I remember when I was 22 years old, I'd made several mistakes in my life. I'd stopped going to church, so had my wife. We'd been married just a few years and we were in trouble financially 
And it all kind of caved in at the same time. And since I wasn't going to church, I went to my bedroom. And I knelt down next to the bed, and that bed became my altar. And I played Let's Make a Deal with Bob Bart. No, not Bob Barker. But let's make a deal. I'm ready to deal. And I told God, just like Jacob, if you do this and this and this, then I'll do this, whatever you say. Oh boy, when you say that to God, you have no idea what you're saying. I never thought I'd be a preacher or a pastor, but I had an open-ended conversation where I said, whatever you want. Hey, have you ever had that kind of a conversation with God? God, whatever you want, God, whatever you say, I'll do. You know where those kind of conversations take place? At the altar. Eventually, I ended up visiting Parkway Apostolic Church in in Oak Creek. And matter of fact, I live in my old house now. I'm I'm blessed to be with my brother-in-law, Chris Stepanovich. He's letting us stay in the lower level of his house. He's upstairs. So I'm in the house I was raised in and right across the street from the church that I was born in. And thanks to our president, gasoline is half the price that it used to be. So I can afford to drive to Abundant Life and keep it as my home and until I find a place near Abundant Life that I can move into. But when I went to Parkway Apostolic Church, I found a lot of things that I had never found anywhere else. I found worship. Worship was not hard for me because if you've got a sports background and you've ever been at a stadium, well, it's just full of worshipers. I mean, they dress crazy. They're not afraid to clap their hands. They're not afraid to lift their hands. They're not afraid to shout. They're they're Pentecostal. I was used to that. But what I wasn't used to was the presence of the Lord. I mean, when that came over me, it just melted me. Melted me. And here's something for you to consider. This altar, A-L-T-A-R, will alter, A-L-T-E-R, your life. My life was altered at an altar. I heard preaching from a pulpit. The preacher was trying to pull us out of the pit. And where was that pulpit? It was on the altar. So the word of God was coming from, not just the pulpit, but from the altar to the pews. Preaching is part of an altar ministry. Can you say amen? And no man comes to God except the spirit of God draws him. 
And the goodness of God will lead you to repentance. And where does repentance take place? At the altar. Do you remember? Roll back the curtains of memory now and then. Remind me of who I was and who I might have been. For I'm only a human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Remind me of my experience of repentance at the altar. And not just a one-time thing, but a place where there was a broken spirit and a contrite heart, a willingness to do and be anything that God wants. Can you remember that? And do you remember the vows that you made at the altar in your repentance? Do you remember? It was just, just the beginning. Vows and a willingness to be and do anything. The altar, oh, I could go all day on this. This spot right here with my toes at the altar and a body of believers surrounding me was the place where God healed me of cancer. Because we have an altar. How many times have I come to this altar sick? Hey, pastor, can you get a few elders and pray for me? I'm not feeling very well tonight. And people would lay hands on me and pray for me. And I'd go home and get a good night's rest and I'd wake up in the morning refreshed and healthy and strong. How many times have I come to an altar and said, God, I need a fresh word from you. Even if it's not what I want to hear, I've got to hear from you. And I'm not leaving, just as Jacob said, I'm not leaving till you bless me. Where did that happen, folks? It happened at the altar. Now this is just a little side note and I hope I don't, I'm not out to offend anybody. I think you can pray in your home. I, I think you can pray in your car. I think you can pray from a tree stand. Uh, you can pray from anywhere. But there's no place like this place where God pays attention all the time, where God promises, and I'll prove it to you scripturally, promises to hear every word and see every action. No place but this place. Intercede for people. Look what else is on the altar place where you got baptized in Jesus' name. It's on the altar. This is your, your brazen altar right here of repentance, but this is your brazen laver. This is where you get to see how you look in God's eyes and the need of being washed and buried in the name of Jesus at the altar. There's another altar too in the holy place. It's called the altar of incense 
a place where prayers and petitions are offered up to God. Now, I'm not just talking about Monday night prayer meetings. I'm talking about any time where you've prayed for somebody and now look, they're sitting in your area. What happened? You came to an altar. You got a hold of God and God got a hold of them. Intercessory prayer, healings, miracles. How about that day that you came just a few feet from where you're standing right now and you received peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost? Do you know the spot? Do you know where it was? Where you first received the Holy Ghost? Some, we've been here maybe 23 years now in this particular building. Some of you, this is the only building you've ever known. Others of you, it was the altar in the previous building. But you remember, don't you? You remember the spot, and I remember the day. Because we have an altar. Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I read this at the end of prayer today, but I want to read it again. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and he said unto him, I heard your prayer. I've chosen this place to myself. This is my house, a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, there be no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or I send pestilence among my people, and he could go on. No matter what I send your way, no matter what I allow your way. Come on now, preach with me. No matter what happens, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their nation. He's not talking about dirt. He don't care about dirt. It's up to us to intercede. I'll heal their land. Now mine eyes, ah, look here. Mine eyes shall be open. Mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, not all houses, but this one, that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes, and look at this, even his emotions shall be there perpetually. That can only be said of God's house and God's altar. Finally, I have to admit that it's it's possible for us to neglect the altar. Let me just speak from a pastoral perspective for a moment. You know what scares me? people that were once aggressive toward the altar that are backing away. 
and eventually they're backing out because their altar is broken. You remember Elijah? When he challenged the 400 prophets of Baal and said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Remember? Let me read just a short portion to you from 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. It had been neglected. The remnants were still there, but it was no longer being used. And it needed to be repaired. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Israel shall be my name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. Is your altar in need of repair? Is it being visited on a regular basis? Have we broken our vows? We need to repair some things, maintain some things, keep some things in proper order, be consistent with our altered lifestyle. Altered lifestyle. Let's stand together. I'm going to leave you with this story and then I'm going to invite you to this altar today because there are some things that only God can do, only God can say. And I think he's been talking to you while he's been talking through me. But I leave you with this story. It was a cold winter's day. It was Sunday afternoon. The preacher had preached himself out on Sunday morning. The wind was howling. The snow was falling. But he felt an urgency to get to one of his parishioners' homes. And so he made the trek through the snow and through the storm and knocked on the house of the man who hadn't been in church in a long time. He knocked on the door and the man came to the door and when he saw the preacher, he was just a little bit embarrassed, but he invited him in. The man had a good fire going. The coals in it were red hot and the place near the fireplace was warm and the man got a cup of coffee for the preacher and they sat down together in front of the warm fire. While they sat in front of that warm fire, the preacher took the tongs that were next to the fireplace. And he reached in and grabbed one of the coals out of the fire and set it out in front of the fire. And they watched that one coal. When the coal was taken out, it was red hot, hot as any of the coals that were in the center of the fire. But as they watched it, the glow in it seemed to dim. Darker and darker it became until finally 
it was black. And once it was black, there was still smoke coming from it. There had to still be some heat in it, but eventually even the smoke went away. The preacher never said one word, but the man that, see, that saw the visual, the visual turned to the preacher and said, preacher, that's the finest message I have ever heard. I'll be back in church next Sunday. Back to the altar. Don't let your coal be separated from the fire of God. Stay in the center of everything that God is doing. Don't let yourself be pulled out of the fire and away from the family of God because you will grow dim and you will grow cold. Jesus, I pray today that this altar service will actually be the highlight of our entire morning, that people will come to this altar, this altar of repentance, this altar of water baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, but more importantly, this altar of consecration and commitment where we keep our vows, where we stay on fire for you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.